Welcome to Revitafest Podcast, your ultimate exploration and celebration of health. My name is Karen Thompson, and I am so excited to have you here today. Today's episode is all about fitness and fun, and my guest is one of my absolute favorite people in the whole world, and that is Connor Murphy. So Connor is a Navy veteran turned CrossFit athlete turned CrossFit coach. Connor used CrossFit to improve the quality of life for people all around the world, including a large group of professional athletes and celebrities. Connor understands that there is balance to life and that fitness comes from the balance of all things. He asked the question, what good is your health if you can't celebrate it? So now that that formal bio is out of the way, Connor is honestly one of the most beautiful humans in the entire world. Um, I met him once in Boston at a, like a formal dinner that we were having and he arrived and with him came this energy of fun, excitement, love, joy. If I could bottle Connor's essence, I would be a billionaire. He is truly a sensational human being in every way. And I couldn't be more excited to be discussing fitness and fun with him today. So my first question for you is what is health? Like, how do you define health, whether it's for yourself or for the clients that you work with? Um, what is health? Well, I mean, my, my idea of health is from Greg Glassman's definition of health, which is fitness across the years of your life. And, you know, I was actually just speaking with my intern about this today, about how the traditional definition of health is incomplete and in that it is um, the absence of disease. And sure, I think we can all, you know, vote and agree like, yeah, I'd, I would like to not have disease like that's that's good. Um, but to take it a step further than just your work capacity across broad time and world domains throughout the years of your life is I think I view health as a expression of your fitness, meaning that it's not just about what you're capable of, but how that is utilized. And, you know, I see, I see fitness as, you know, as, as Glassman defined it as, as objective data on what you're capable of. Just because it has the potential of what you're capable of, what are you really doing with that? You know, just because you can climb a mountain because you've trained and you do CrossFit in the gym every day, are you climbing those mountains? Are you going out? Are you are you um, highlighting the the relationships that you build inside the walls of your of your fitness or your affiliate or your your training area? So I think an expression. Um, of your fitness is, is really what it comes down to with health. And the more you can express it, the more fitness you have and the more you can express it in a number of different ways, I think then the healthier you are. And that goes to not just a, from a physical aspect, but also from a, from a spiritual, you know, mental and, and psychological aspect. Connor, I literally am so blown away by what you just said. That was the most beautiful definition of fitness and how that translates into the outside world that I've ever heard. And how you show up for yourself, not just in the gym, but how those behaviors, that mindset, that way of being goes into the outside world. Can you give me some practical examples of how you take that and you climb those mountains? Absolutely. And, and I, I have an anecdotal story from this because we do, we do these uh, fitness retreats with my new company. And the first one we did was a, was a yoga and mindfulness retreat with this woman, her name's uh, Sarah Mangelson, also known as the Coastal Yogi. And we went down to the Dominican Republic and we did this incredible, incredible retreat that she has so much care and passion towards the people that she is teaching. And 
you know, they do yoga for an hour in the morning. And then outside of that, it is just an expression of what you're capable of. It is, is an expression of your fitness and what everyone is doing and connecting. However, on the trip before the actual retreat, we did a, what you would call an, an inspection trip. So essentially you get to go down to this uh, resort, which we did the um, Margaritaville and Capcana in the Dominican Republic. It's a five-star resort. It is beautiful. And, and we're working out and, and in the mornings, I'm actually, I would run just a quick class for Sarah and then whoever else was involved from our, our partner company that, that, um, works everything together with the charisma resorts. And on one of the, one of the adventures that we did, one of the excursions, we did this zip line adventure where you are, um, you know, you you have to kind of scale up all these areas and there's 14 different zip lines that you connect to. And it was, it was just really, really interesting, fun and cool time. Myself, I had zero issues with being able to scale this and enjoy it because of my fitness level and because I was able to express my fitness in ways that were, you know, in nature and seeing the world and being outside and, and having conversations with other lovely people, uh, you know, along the way. However, one of the, um, one of the people from Charisma Resorts had some, some health issues uh, that, you know, she is working on one of the kindest people, but really struggled in, in being able to climb and needed rest in between different stations. And that wasn't necessarily where I'm like, oh, these are going to be the health issues. That wasn't what was very, that wasn't what was highlighted for me in that. What was highlighted is, is the insecurity that, that she was slowing people down or that she wasn't like everyone else and she wasn't able to do these things. And, and that almost played a more important role than her not being, you know, physically capable of just running up and down this area. So it kind of played in two different areas. Hey, I didn't have the ability to, to do this like everyone else. But what was even more of a detriment to her was that, that psychological, I'm not, you know, capable of this. And, and from that, we can use that as inspiration. And we were able to set her up with some different, you know, training areas. And when she was back in Boston and, and working out to, to gain more fitness, to then live a healthier life, to be able to express her fitness in ways that could not only just be physical, but also the, the, the psychological and that, you know, that, that spiritual kind of journey and connection that you have with other people. And so seeing that was a big thing for me where it was like, it's more than just what you're capable of, of in the gym. And it's more than just what you're physically capable of. It is that, that state of health, the healthiest person is going to be able to express their fitness in so many different ways. You know, I love that so much. I mean, following on from that question, what aspects of well-being do you believe are essential for achieving a truly healthy state? I think you touched on it a little bit, but like, can you kind of summarize the aspects that are the most important to you? Can you ask a question one more time? I just want to. Okay. So in, so in creating and then maintaining mm -hmm. health, right? Because health, even though we are born essentially healthy and our bodies are supporting us in being healthy in our minds, like we develop these negative behaviors and thought patterns and, and things that really take us away from great health, right? So in this effort for us to get to this point of optimal health, I don't really like to call it optimal health, but, but health, true health, what aspects of well-being do you believe are the most important in supporting that? And it can be very basic, like nutrition and exercise and like what, what components of health are most important to you? 
um, on, on top of that, you know, just like you said, you know, what you're putting in your body, what you're fueling your body with is going to be one of the major components, but that's, that's, that's the base of everything else that, that we want with our health. You know, nutrition is going to fuel those processes. And then, you know, if we talk about it from, you know, the, the theoretical hierarchy of the development of an athlete, it's like nutrition is at the base, but that's just for the athlete side of it. You know, you have your metabolic conditioning, your strength, all that stuff will then allow you to enhance the relationships that you have with other people. I think that's such an important thing. And I don't know if I can say that this is like definitively what everyone needs, because I know some people aren't quite as social as I am. But the more time I'm able to spend in, in doing things for others and the, and the relationships that I'm able to, to garner with other people in a, in a healthy state, whether it is going out and, and, and dancing randomly, whether it is going on a long bike ride on beach cruisers, just hanging out or going for a walk or doing things outside and, and whatever that, you know, this vehicle, whatever the nutrition and training can help us create a base and that's a, that's a solid base and a, and a sound base for physical, but also for the mental capacity to create and harvest those relationships with others. I think those, that's such an important thing. And when I'm, when I'm you know, following my training regimen and I am pouring into my relationships and, and giving to others and listening and, and, and doing more than just you know, workouts in the gym, but doing more with other people is when I feel like I am closest to homeostasis and where I, my mental capacity is the best is when I am you know, focusing and highlighting those relationships with others. I love that. I really, I mean, the power of community. And I think that's one of the biggest things that CrossFit highlighted to me, right? This beautiful mm -hmm. connection. For me, it was never so much about like lifting the weights or getting a huge PR because I do spend most of my time just dancing on the box, right? Because that's what I love mm -hmm. doing. Um, but it was very much about these friendships and the connections and meeting people that I wouldn't necessarily gravitate towards and just finding such deep, meaningful connections because my resistance is down and do you know what I mean? I am just being vulnerable because what we were doing together is hard. And it's like these doing these hard things together that create this beautiful sense of connection and belonging um, that I haven't really found anywhere else, to be honest. Yeah, I think just that word, vulnerability. I think that is such a key component in happiness and health. Okay, let's talk about this. What does vulnerability mean to you? It is allowing your true self to be seen without, and maybe with fear, but without the fear of what others are going to think of it. And, and being vulnerable is, is something that I, you know, I still struggle with. And it's something that because of CrossFit, I struggle with less from a physical aspect meaning I'm not afraid to go into something that I suck at because if you've done CrossFit long enough, you've been exposed to a workout that, you, that, that got the best of you. <laughs> and you realize really quickly that when you perform poorly or you in your head when you think, you know, oh, I didn't finish first in that workout or oh, I did really poorly, I, you know, it showed a gaping weakness. If you're doing that constantly, it doesn't make it so scary to say, hey, I'm going to sign up for this swim. And if I get last place, I get last place, but I'm really excited about the journey and being vulnerable to not be great at it. And, and once you can continuously do that physically, then it can, it can transfer over to the mental side of things too. And I think letting people know my, my true self is, is something that I still struggle with, but I know that I am happiest and healthiest when I'm putting myself in those states of vulnerability, where I'm putting myself out there, not with my strengths, 
I mean, you can, I can show a highlight reel on my Instagram of things that I'm really good at, but the things that I struggle at is where I grow and I learn the most. And that can be from physical tasks that I don't have experience doing, or I don't have capacity with, but also from conversations and, and being empathetic to people that are different than me. Yeah. I love that. So I'm super curious and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but um, we all have a story that got us to this point of Mm -hmm. like digging deep and exposing ourselves and what I'm hearing you say with regards to vulnerability, something led you to this point, right? Something broke you in a sense. Do you have a story like that? Like what, what is your, what is, what is your past? Oh gosh. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things where I think at my very lowest and being exposed are where I grew and learned to appreciate life a little bit more. I think it started very early on when my goal was to spend a career in the SEAL teams. And after having issues with my elbows and then having, you know, a surgery where they were like, hey, once this happens, you'll be good to go. And then, you know, coming back and dedicating my life to, to doing that and dedicating everything that I had and everyone knew what my goal was and everyone knew what I was going to do. And then, you know, I still remember walking into the doctor's office at the, for the dive officers and they, they didn't clear me for my jump dive physical. And from there, everything that I wanted, everything that I had worked for was gone. And, and I had a very difficult time, you know, and it's, it's one thing like to, to do the job is a very, very difficult thing. But for me, the hardest thing in the world was actually not being able to do the job. And, and, you know, it was because of the CrossFit community that I was able to find at least a group of people that I was, that I could relate to and that were similar. And I've had unbelievable mentors that have shown up in my life when they, I probably didn't deserve it, but were there to, to kind of help me get back to a state where I'm like, Hey, I can, I can re-identify and figure out who I want to be. That, that didn't define me, although at the time it did define me. It defined everything about me. But instead of looking at it as a job, I looked at it as this was, this was my life. And I was, I was lost for a very long time. And, and people didn't really see that. People still saw the fun, you know, loving side of it. We'd, you know, go out. We were, we were hanging out in, in San Diego when I was um, you know, working through all, all the different medical stuff. I was stationed in a different area. And I was still going out and we were hanging out and dancing and you know, it was, uh, it was the most fun that, that everyone could be around, but I, I just had no identity and I didn't know, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't want to be vulnerable. I just wanted to be this tough guy that was going to, you know, do the job that he said he wanted to do. And, and that was pretty devastating to me. And I think it's pretty devastating for a lot of people that have any kind of injury or have that, that want to commit themselves to a process like that. And then it doesn't work out. Um, that was, that was a very, very tough thing and, and still is, you know, I think why that I, I try to volunteer and do all of this stuff for the Navy SEAL Foundation and for all different foundations for even outside of just Navy Special Warfare, but, but everything, because it feels like it's a way that I can use my able body to continue to give back, even if it's not me that's at the tip of the spear. Wow. Oh my gosh. Did that like being stripped of that identity, um, that path that you're so focused on, that ultimate goal in life of becoming who you feel or who I felt like I was meant to be. I'm just like trying to generalize it more mm-hmm. and focus on you. Um, and having that stripped, 
and having to face yourself at your core and not knowing who you are, that's such a scary place to be. Um, do you find that you hide behind fun or not so much anymore? I think I did. I think I did because even even in training and even my entire time in the Navy, I was I was the guy that people looked forward to to make them laugh. And even in times of really, really shitty situations, even in time of, you know, when, when we're getting beaten training or when there's a very difficult evolution, people would look to me to be the guy to crack a joke and to, and to make people smile. So I kind of almost took that as a piece of my identity. And when, when I was, you know, when I had realized that, like, you know, that career was over for me, um, I think I did hide behind that because that was all that I had left. That was all that was left of me. And it was also the piece that I could still identify with. And I think that's also been the piece that's, that's carried me through where, you know, things could always be worse. And if I can, and if I was able to have an impact on other people, knowing that even in the worst of situations, there was still a smile to be had, it's still fun to be had, and you can still crack a joke. I think that's what I've taken through from a very extreme environment now to more of a, a civil environment, if you will, but with the same attitude where, you know, smiles can still be had and, and good times can still be had. And, and I just, I love having a good time. I love having fun. And I love getting other people to do the same thing. I love getting other people who I know, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about a, a specific friend in my head who it's always like, Hey, like, you know, let's, let's go out here and you know, he's always just calm and reserved and he's squared away. He does everything that he says. He's regimented. And then every now and again, I can get him out. And when he just starts dancing, it's just like, it's the most fun. And then afterwards, you know, it's like, I probably could have had, you know, I, I probably could have, you know, read this book or done more stuff like this, but had such a good time. And we have that connection and that bond. And a lot of times when he needs that is when I kind of come through and kind of pull him out of his shell to, to have those kind of fun times. So I think that's a piece that's maybe stuck with me. And I, you know, I don't, I don't think I've ever really looked at it from that lens um, until now. You have honestly the most beautiful gift. You really, really do. You have this, just being in your presence, whether it's for a minute or an hour, makes people feel special. And that's not something that I say to many people. And it's not something that many people have the possess so I really just want to acknowledge that in you in that that gift that you have that gift that you give is so spectacular and such a gift to the world and um I mean I'm just grateful for any chance I get to be with you like right now I'm like there is literally no place in the world I would rather be than right here right now so um, thank you that's that's <laughs> very kind and that's uh, that's not taken lightly it's um, um okay. I, I do appreciate that tagline or whatever on your um on your instagram is all in all the time what does that mean so you know, funny enough you mentioned that this so this weekend when i did the swim <clears throat> i swam in memory of of thomas j valentine and he had a he had a quote saying you know in the teams and especially when people would come to work for him and it was at what level are you willing to participate and the only acceptable answer was all in all the time and, and that doesn't mean that you have to say yes and do everything, you know, all in. However, if you're going to do something or you're going to commit to something, 
the, the most success you're going to have in that is by closing your eyes or putting the blinders on and going all in. And if you're going to, you know, anything, you know, worth doing is worth a hundred percent effort. And if you half-ass things, you're going to get half-ass results and you're going to have half-ass relationships and half-ass friendships, half-ass experience, experiences. And, and so that, that stuck to me. So I actually swam, um, in honor of, of him on Sunday and I created a team instead of me just trying to do fundraising, which, uh, I'm super fortunate to have people that will donate and that will, you know, have a following on Instagram and people that will, you know, help me out with that. But this year, my goal wasn't to just do the fundraising alone, but was to recruit other people to do the swim for multiple reasons. One, because with more people will come more, you know, donations and fundraising. But second is that there's something special that happens when you do things that are very, very difficult, or you do things that you don't think that you're capable of doing. And there were four or five people that it was their first time doing open water swimming. And it was their first time, you know, doing something that they really didn't think they could do. And they were just so grateful afterwards for have done it. And it's like, I know they're going to have the best work week because they just accomplished something physically that they didn't think capable. So what's going to stop them from, from, you know, creating that next event or for, or for doing something for work. And our team name was, uh, hashtag was AIATT, all in all the time. And so when people asked, they were like, hey, like, I'm thinking about doing the swim. He said, there's, there's two options. You can think about doing it or you can sign up right now and do it. I would send people the sign up link. You can sign up right now and then you'll make the choice. Once you're signed up for it, you're not going to start practicing swimming and then see how you feel and then sign up for it when you're ready. You sign up for it now and you get ready. And when you're all in, you're going to make it happen. And every single person finished the swim. Every single person raised money and everyone had this incredible experience. It's more than just a swim for personal reasons. You know, there's, there's gold star family members. There's, there's wives and moms and dads and brothers of people who have, who were killed in action or killed in training, um, that are there that feel the support of the Navy SEAL Foundation. So it's a super unique event, but, um, that's what it means about being all in all the time. And, and I, and again, I'm not batting a thousand for that. There's definitely times where someone could, you know, could, could be the critic and say, well, Hey, on this, you probably could have done more. And it's like, yeah, but if that's at the forefront for me, then I know that it's going to be a lot better effort than if it's not. Yeah, but I also think it's how we show up for ourselves, right? Only we can be our own judges as to whether we put in the best effort at that moment in time because of various factors that impact our lives. But um, that concept of all in all the time, when I read that, I, you know, it's just such a beautiful way to live life. Like, how am I committing to myself? How am I showing up? Am I showing up as the best possible version of myself that I can be right now? You know, and like, because really that's, that's all there is. But I love that you do that. And I love that you inspired other people to do it as well. I mean, that's just that achievement and just doing it is just a beautiful, beautiful thing. Um, I want to switch gears a little bit to something that I'm a little bit obsessed with and that I definitely want more information on, and that's Big Night Fitness. Tell me everything. Okay. So I'll tell you kind of how it started, what direction it's going, because a lot of times when, when I have to explain this, I'm like, oh, it's a good recap for me because there are so many different things going on that it's cool to kind of hone it in and realize where I need to spend my focus. So how it started was, um, it really all started out, and I have to always give credit to this person. His name is Mike Finn, and he, is a, he worked in the music industry, and he used to tour with hardcore bands. 
and did his job so well with managing people, managing tours, getting everything set that he ended up landing a job with an electronic artist. His name is Dylan Francis. And when he was the tour manager for Dylan Francis, we got to, we, he introduced me to Dylan. I was programming for Mike when he was on the road and we would work out and then we would do, you know, I'd send him to different CrossFit gyms. And then we got Dylan to go into CrossFit. And then Dylan was doing CrossFit and I got to do tours with him. We went to, at one year we actually, we went through the open, uh, made from the open to regionals. And then I went on tour for three weeks in between the open and regionals, which you, you technically weren't supposed to because we were competing on a team. So you have to have all your training done, but we would do virtual workouts and I'm training, you know, at, at affiliates or in hotel gyms at Coachella. And then with him the entire time at Coachella fly back, we qualify for regionals and then end up competing in the CrossFit games and finishing fifth place. But it was, so there was so much back and forth and, and Dylan was my biggest advocate for other people doing CrossFit and trying it out because he saw the results from it and not just the immediate results, you know, not just the, you know, increased muscle mass, decreased body fat, increased bone density, all of the things that we know. But it's like, I, he's like, I feel better when I'm on stage. I don't feel the need to drink. I don't feel the need to do any of this stuff. And he, um, so we went, we would do, I've done a few different tours with him. And every time we went on tour, he would do a sober tour because if I'm going to be on the road and he's paying me to be there, he wants to be squared away. So when everyone is kind of partying at these venues, a lot of the people that are on the crew and then Dylan not drinking at all. And it went so far to our last tour together. It was like, he was like, I'm excited. I had my last drink on new year's and the tour started, I think January 7th. And we went through the whole tour. He lost weight. He, you know, all of the good stuff. And then he made a post. This is our second sober tour. And people misconstrued that to saying that he was sober. And he got all of this incredible feedback from people like, so proud of you, so awesome. And then other artists reaching out being like, "My tour, I've been struggling on tour and you know, I feel sick and all this stuff. I don't want help. I need help. And so in his perspective, he was like, I, I kind of drink to stay in the nightlife area and to like, you know, because it helps with the brand. But now he made this post and everyone, you know, misconstrued it from being like, I'm sober to, you know, just doing the sober tour. And he kind of thought, he's like, I don't know if I need to drink again. And since, gosh, January 7th, or he had his last drink. This year? He was like, um, no, last year. So it's been now over a year. It's been a year and six months. And he's like, I just don't have a need for it anymore. He's like, I feel complete. I feel better. His relationships are better everything that he has been doing. And not to say again, I'm not like the naysayer being like, no one should drink and no one should do this stuff. But when he found that out, it's, it's a very easy way if we want to like bring this back to the health side, that he is healthier and he's healthier in physical ways, but more so spiritually, mentally, like his psychological state, he's just in a much, much better place. So kind of side story. I love that because I'm sober. You know that. Yes. And And so he was, again, an advocate for everyone in the electronic world. I mean, if you name a DJ who's done CrossFit, it's probably been me that's put them through the workout. And it's because of Dylan and the results that he saw and and just being around each other. It's like we could stand to be around each other for 24 hours a day. We slept two feet away from each other in 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 bunks on a bus, and we've done it multiple times. And that has led to me training multiple other artists from other genres. And so when I was running the gym at the Reebok World Headquarters, 
there's a nightlife company, Big Night Entertainment Group, and they were opening a club called The Grand, and it's in Seaport. And it was the first club in Boston that was putting multi-million dollars into, it was like 12 million into the lights and sound system in there. Whoa. And people were like, you're not going to have Vegas style clubs in Boston. It's not going to work, blah, blah, blah. And some of the first artists that they had brought to um, play at their venues, one was Dylan Francis. The other one was Steve Aoki. And so when Steve, again, another guy who's sober, who just decided like he doesn't want to do it, and especially in that nightlife and in that, that lifestyle, you know, to be as healthy as he can be. So he comes down to the gym and Randy, the owner of, of co-owner of Big Night Entertainment Group, you know, tell Steve, hey, we're going to do dinner at this time and this. And Steve's like, cool, I'm going to go train with my guy at Reebok. And Randy's like, okay. With you? And then, yes. Ah! And then so, like, the follow-up was, you know, Dylan is playing at, at Grand. And so he reaches out, you know, Randy's like, hey, we're going to do dinner at this place before we go and you play. He's like, cool, I'm just going to go train with my guy at Reebok. <laughs> and so Randy was like, well, who is this guy? So Randy comes down and I got to meet him. And put him through a workout with one of the artists. And then his son wanted to come in and, and train as well. And we just created this relationship where he was thinking, you know, this is a really cool perk to celebrities coming into Boston. And it was very beneficial for Reebok as well because I could get them an outfit in the store. They could go in the store, pick out whatever they wanted to wear. And a lot of times they would wear, you know, it'd be like a Reebok classic shirt and they'd wear it out. But then people were now incentivized to come and do a workout. And... Through that, we had like a one-pager that went out to all their artists. This is way before Big Night Fitness, but it created this relationship with Big Night Entertainment Group, who then now has, I think, four different nightclub venues in the Northeast area with, what is it, another dozen uh, restaurants. And they just do, they expand and do so many things well. What they have, they have Big Night Talent, where they have artists, they have, um, we have uh, Big Night Sports, where they have professional athletes that are signed. There's just so many different things that Big Night does. And when the pandemic happened and, you know, clubs weren't allowed to open, but even worse, you know, fitness studios were like, hey, you have to have 24 feet of distancing to work out. And, you know, it's like, you know, we can go on and on about that stuff, but staying focused. We connected, um, we connected a woman, Alana, with, um, you know, some of the people from Big Night because she had relationships with there and. And she had a bunch of these trampolines. She did a bounce and bar class, which is, and again, I was skeptical at first being like, you're not going to get fit on a trampoline. And I went and took one of her classes and oh my gosh, I had a blast. One, it's like anything can be good or bad depending on who is administering it. And I took one of Alana's classes and she had the three things that you look for in a coach. You have care, you have passion, you have empathy. And she put so much into this class. I was like, this is electric. Let's bring it to Reebok. Fast forward now, I'm driving trampolines in the back of my truck to the Grand because she she worked out a deal with Randy to do these trampoline classes at the Grand because she couldn't do them in her studio and the Grand was open and available. And people just thought, you know, we talked about a $12 million sound system and lighting and LED wall. Well, for a class like that, people were going nuts for it and they loved it. And so then fast forward you know, Randy and I had worked together and they're like, hey, we want to do this, but expand beyond just with uh, with the bounce and bar and with trampoline. We wanted to do spin classes. We wanted to do you know, all of these different classes inside of these unbelievable venues that aren't really being utilized during the day. So that was kind of the infancy. And that's where Big Night Fitness started. 
from there, we have our own kind of branch and area of celebrity training, whether it is myself or other trainers we have on a staff that go on the road and help artists and tour. We built out a gym. We have a CrossFit affiliate in Charlestown where when artists are in town and they want to come train, they can. We have done, uh, we just finished actually recording in-room on-demand workouts at Encore Boston Harbor, which is the, it's the highest rated five-star hotel in the, in the East Coast. So if you were to go into the room, it, you know, you, you walk in, it says, welcome, Karin. And you're like, okay, fantastic. And you can check out, oh, dining reservations, what to do, all this stuff, and then fitness. And then you'll have an option of, you know, yoga, dance, hit, any of that stuff. I was really, I was working with Marshall to actually have it be called CrossFit. But because of the red tape that comes with Encore, it was just too difficult to get that. So it's, you know, it's a, a CrossFit workout, but it's, you know, it's a hit workout. And it's myself and then uh, Larry Thomas, who, uh, who was the other CrossFit trainer that was doing the workouts there. So I brought in everyone from like the yoga, from the dance. And so you can go in there and it will have one of us taking you through an in-room workout performed in the room that you're staying in. Connor, I had no idea this was so huge. It's, I think some of the things we're doing are really big. It's just, I, I still think it's in its infancy on, on what we can do. And it's really piggybacking off of relationships that Ed Kane and Randy Greenstein, the owners of Big Night Entertainment Group, have and their trust in me because of what I've been able to do administering CrossFit to not just celebrities, but, you know, Randy's son, who is a, you know, a nationally ranked wrestler and to, you know, other the staff that's here. So it's, I'm super, super fortunate to have the backing and support of them um, where they, you know, they trust me with, they're like, Hey, you know, this person needs to train. Let's go train him. And you know, this, the guy, the lot, one of the last guys I worked with, his name is Oliver. And he's like, Oh yeah, I have a shoot for, you know, men's health and the cover of men's health. So we got to get fit beforehand and just <laughs> get to create these relationships with people who, you know, from a celebrity level, not all the time are people going to say, Hey, you know, I want to meet and hang out with this guy. But next thing you know, we're, you know, driving to get coffee together from the gym and we're, you know, texting back and forth and it, like, like the fitness. And again, if it all relates back to it, it's like this expression of health that, that both he have, or at least the care or passion for being that it's like, you can find these similarities in people that, you know, I may not, he may not have ever given me the time of day as just a random person. But now that we have this care, and it's different on both levels. You know, it's different from where his health is, where his fitness is, and where mine is, and where my priorities are. But we have this thing in common, and it's like, hey, let's go to the spa, let's do a cold plunge, let's go do this. I don't want to go drink, so we're going to go do this stuff. And it was, it's very unique, the, the um, relationships that we get to have, that are had from Big Night. You know, Connor, here's the thing. You are redefining fun based in health. And that blows my mind because I don't think that's done. Am I making it? It is. Yes. I mean, it's it's a market that is niche, but it shouldn't be. I'm blown away. This is exactly what we're wanting to do with the summit and this festival, you know, going forward. It's like, I think so often having fun and dancing and going off is synonymous with drinking and using and all these horrible behaviors, but it doesn't have to be, you know, it can be about empowering and inspiring and being healthy and grounded and real and still being successful in life. Mm -hmm. You're bringing it all together. Yeah. And I want to, I mean, I'm a hundred percent on board with a lot of time, you know, cause it's like, I'm, we're, we're combining nightlife and fitness. We're combining entertainment and fun. And you know, there's times too, where I'm not going to be like, Hey, like don't drink or don't do any of this stuff, oh. but there's, 
but I have like right now we talked about like the team that's, you know, that's here helping me out with the podcast. So Peter Hurley, who's behind the, um, Peter, I uh, love you. Um, so he is not only the producer for all the podcasts and everything that happens in here, but he's also a DJ for big night. So he is the one who's playing all the music, creates his own edits, a fantastic actual producer as well. But now is, you know, since he has to sit here and listen to me, you know, babble about fitness all the time, comes and trains every Friday with us. We're working out at different gyms and now he's, he's doing it on his own, incredibly fit but is able to balance both of those things. And hopefully since we've been hanging out, like that balance has been better than it has been before. You know, it's not, it's not perfect. Just like I'm not batting a thousand with all in all the time. You know, it's like he'll be, uh, we actually went to his show. So a lot of our fitness people, we all work out together. So he headlined uh, the grand last Thursday. And so we were like, hey, we're all gonna go out and show up for his show. And then, you know, at like four in the morning, we get like a voice message from him. And he's like, thank you guys so much for showing up. However, I'm not going to show up to the gym in the next two hours because I'm exhausted and need to go sleep. But it's it's cool to see those not have to be mutually exclusive and to be able to highlight and do both of them. And, and I think he does it very, very well. I love that. Yeah. And, and I mean, just I have no problem with other people drinking either, you know, but mm. I do think that that we've become so um, accustomed in society to have those two completely mutually exclusive and yeah. for you to merge those two is insane you know i'm obsessed with edm like I literally i will dance anywhere anytime to to any type of like like electronics i was using this year was my first year that i went to coachella <sighs> connor will you come with me next year yes promise yep yeah yes oh God, i'm so excited okay all right i completely got sidetracked because i'm so excited by what you're doing well, thank you. And it's it's kind of the brainchild of me from the fitness side of things and then my business partners with the entertainment and nightlife. And one thing that I think they do really well that I want to note is what separates them from any other company and any other club owners that I would never, ever partner with is that, sure, a lot of it is to do with the partying aspect. But I, I truly believe that Big Night does the right things for the right reasons for the right people. And I've met, you know, being a being a trainer on tour with artists, I've met the club promoters and the the club owners who just want to be seen. It's a status thing. They want to be seen with all these girls around them. And it's like, this is so cool. You know, it's like they really care about people having a good time at their venues, taking care of the artists that are that are coming through. And it's because of that that they've kind of allowed me to step in and, and bring a fitness aspect to it, which has been very, very rewarding. Very challenging at times, know exactly which direction to go, but it's uh, it's it's very, very, uh, very fortunate to, to do this. And it's almost conversations like this that remind me of it, where it's like, you know what, this is this is pretty unique and pretty cool. Yeah, well, so much, honestly, like so much respect and love and everything to all of you for, for doing this, because um, I mean, I wish you could do it in my area. It's just, oh gosh, it sounds like the best thing in the whole world i mean i've been watching you since it started and i'm always like oh i just want to go maybe i'll come to boston and just hang out with you and you should and we'll we'll plan a bunch of the different classes i have to say i'm not the biggest indoor biking or like the stationary bike like the soul cycle and that stuff i haven't really been the biggest fan of it but when we host those classes there is nothing more fun than just the beat of the music hitting People are biking, there's CO2, there's lasers, the passion from the instructor, everyone else is just excited. There's some classes I don't even ride in, but I just get to sit back and watch and you're like, this is awesome. Like, this is fun. This is cool. This is 
fitness happening in a nightclub where the night before there were people, you know, drinking and passing out on the on the booths and now people are in here. It's a clean venue and everyone's in here, you know, you know, riding and, and having like expressing that shared passion for fitness. And it's it's really, really cool. Those are kind of, sometimes the classes where you're like, all right, this is we're rocking. <laughs> joy just thinking about it like what a beautiful beautiful thing that you're what a gift that you're giving people um i don't want to get too sidetracked i want to come back to one thing that i um i met you before you became a dad and Mm -hmm. um i watch your little podcasts and i'm literally so in love with your daughter how has um becoming a dad changed you um immensely for for one reason specifically, and I know a lot of the stuff, you know, I've talked about, you know, kind of my journey and the things that I do and giving back to other people is fantastic, but I'm also a very, very selfish person, and I understand that, and I know that, and there are times when the selfish side of me gets it gets get taken control, and I think that in order to care about other people, you, you have to care about yourself, and I think I can, I can check that box pretty well, but Ty is the first thing in this world that I care about more than myself. And she just, I mean, she makes me want to be better and she makes me want to be more attentive. And it's like, it's, it's a nonstop thought process of, of how amazing that she is. And I think that's a testament to um, one, her, her mother uh, who just does a, a wonderful job is, is caring, loving, is supportive of her, her family, my family, everywhere she goes, she knows just how incredibly loved she is. I mean, she comes into the office. It was actually Hurley's idea to have her on the podcast, but (laughs) she comes into the office and now like, you know, Hurley's one of her favorite people. She feels comfortable around him, but we'll just kind of walk around and whatever stuffed animal she has, she'll just smile and wave at people. And she's just such a joy. And it's, you know, you really realize once you have your own kids, the true innocence of children and how long you want to preserve that. Um, and it's changed me to, to really be able to set priorities where it's not just, hey, how can this benefit me? But is this the right decision for, you know, the, the life that I'm responsible for, which is her. And, and she is just the, the greatest joy that uh, I've ever had. Oh, she's so adorable when she sits on the couch and she has her little um, popcorn trying oh, yeah. to what they're called. <laughs> Popcorners, yeah. She. Um, we have to. Uh, w- there's a couple of times where we've thought about just releasing a full episode because she is all over the place. She'll take her headphones off. She'll come crawl over to me, and she'll get back there. And she just says, "I mean, she's she loves it." And I always want to make sure that she loves it. I don't want to take, you know, I don't want to because people love it. I don't want to keep doing it if she doesn't want to. So there's always the question: Hey, is this something you want to do? And then when she's like, "Okay, I think I'm done," it's like okay, we can, you know, we can be done and move forward. So I always want to keep that in mind too, because I can, you know, if I want to get a thousand likes on a post, I know what to do. You know, you post a cute video of her and it's, and and people really like that, but I want to make sure that it's beneficial for her and that she doesn't kind of fall trapped to the same thing where she's getting validation from other people rather than it being like, you know, in, in real validation from other people on the internet. Um, rather than it being from people in life and everything she's doing. I want, I want to make sure that she stays, you know, vulnerable enough to be herself at all times rather than being this personality that everyone loves from her. 
yeah. get on a camera and put headphones on and say these things. Like I want to make sure that she is always going to be her and not something that other people want her to be. I love that. I mean, you know, the way that you speak to her just from me watching the videos, that definitely comes through that just absolute adoration, but respect. And there's, you know, no pimping out of like the dance mom vibe going on with you and her for sure. <laughs> Um, I want to be mindful of the time. We're coming to the end. So I have one last question and that is like, what are your top three tips for people wanting to get healthy or stay healthy? And it doesn't have to just be basic stuff, but like for you, what's at the core of health, the three things? The number one thing that helps me is, is the commitment, not necessarily to the task at hand, but the commitment to other people that are committing as well. I have found that now that I create my own schedule, it's really easy for me to say, I'm going to go work out when I'm done with work. And it doesn't always happen like that. However, if at six in the morning, I tell, you know, one of my friends who works out with me or one of the other guys I train, who's a pro lacrosse player, um, intern, who's also in the room with me here. It's like, if we commit to this, not only am I committing to the task to getting fitter, but also I'm committing to them to showing up. They're committing to me. And we have this group now where there's definitely times where I don't like this morning, I really could have not woken up at 5am and gone to the gym to work out because I have time this evening and I have a gym and I have the key and I can do it when I want to. However, I'm so grateful that they're willing to show up. I, I call it a liability buddy. And so it's like, I have that person who's going to be there. If I don't show up, gym's not getting opened up. Everyone's just going to be sitting there waiting around. So that is one of the most important pieces because that's what brings consistency. That's what brings the, the accountability pieces to it because anyone can go to the gym and do one workout. And unfortunately, there's not one workout that will get you fit. There is no one workout in existence and in history that will get you fit. It is what you will do consistently. And I think that by having someone or something or a group or a, or a promise or commitment to something or someone else, is one of the biggest things about staying consistent regardless of what that is. The second piece, it, it comes from, this is more like a, an internal and a mental piece. And it is, do you want the result more than you want to listen to your own excuses? You have to want whatever it is um, more than believing your own bullshit. And... And I mean, people will look at me and be like, oh, well, you know, you've always worked out and you've always done that. And it's like, but I've had goals that are far beyond what just being fit, you know, consists of. And I've fallen short of those too. Just competing as an individual, being one spot away from qualifying for the CrossFit Games at regionals two years in a row. Like I fell short and I truly believe that there are things that I could have done that have gotten me to that one spot before, after that. And then in the 2017, 2017, I don't even know how to talk, 2017 season, um, that's when I decided, I was like, hey, I'm going to go all in on this and we're going to be a team. And it was a lot easier for me to commit to that because it wasn't just me that got the success or fail. It was that there was everyone else around. Yeah. And that's really where I honed in on, hey, if we're going to do this, let's do it. And let's make every sacrifice that we have to to make sure that this happens. So making sure that you know what your goal is and make sure that that goal is more important than your own bullshit, that you needed more sleep that day or that you needed to, you know, or it's just a one cheat meal or, if, or if whatever it is, like, like figure it out. I'm not saying that you, you can't eat a chocolate cookie or you can't do X, Y, Z, but it's, it's really, really believing in your goal and wanting that. Um, 
you know, it's two things that don't really involve like the physical aspect of it. It's really just the commitment to it. And then I think the third piece is that you can't take yourself, you can't take yourself too seriously. Yes. You can't take your fitness too seriously. You go in the gym for an hour to work out. And this is where I really think it comes to like my definition of health. And it is, you're working out in the gym to be better outside of the gym. If a workout doesn't go your way or you're just going in there to check the box, like it's okay. And if you're, you know, if you, if you can smile and you can laugh at yourself and realizing that there's a greater cause than just the one workout or the consistent workouts or any of that, it's like, remember to have fun. If at one point in time, it's like, Hey, I was going to do this workout, but instead I ended up playing, you know, beach volleyball all day because that was more like, that's fun. And you need to have fun. If you just consistently grind yourself into the ground because you're so committed to this goal at some point in time, something's got to give. But if you're able to still have fun, you're able to still, you know, schedule these, you know, schedule dinner dates with your friends. If you're training at 6 a.m., cool, schedule it at 6. Laugh, go out, go dance, go do things that you want to do, go hike, go get outside, grab a beach cruiser and go, you know, ride it around by yourself with friends, do silly things. But it's like, it's those things that, you know, kind of keep you young at heart and that you know, when it comes, you know, after a, a weekend of having fun, you know, come Monday, it's like, are you ready to get back to it? And you're ready to you know, get back into the fitness side of things. But yeah, if it's three things, it's don't take yourself too seriously, you know, find someone to, you know, be accountable with and um, believe in your goals more than you believe in your own bullshit, because it'll be there. I'm not, I'm not so mentally tough where I'm like, oh, every day, I'm like, I'm glad to do this. Like, no, some days I'm like, I do not want to go to the gym right now. Yeah. But you do it. Oh man. Oh, this was the best conversation to me. Honestly, luckily I don't have an HR department. So I can tell you that like every time I spend time with you, I literally fall in love with your heart more and more and more. So not in a weird way, don't worry, but you okay. are honestly one of the most phenomenal, spectacular humans I know. And spending this hour with you has been so good for me. So thank you. Thank you, Karen. I really appreciate that. It's very kind of you. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, I mean, this was just our podcast interview. We have another one coming up for the actual summit. So um, they can catch us there. But where can people find you? What are what are the most important organizations you want to draw attention to? Is there anything else you want to share before we end? So what you said is you, you follow along the journey at Big Night Fitness. That's B-I-G-N-I-G-H-T-F-I-T-N-E-S-S. -S, all one word on Instagram. You'll see all of the, the wild and crazy things that are happening over here. The, the fitness dance parties, the, like the celebrity training, the you know one-minute max effort assault bikes followed by a random assortment of questions that are being asked. Like, <coughs> we like to have a good time over here, and, and that's where you can catch up with all the things that we're doing. And then... My own personal um, Instagram is Connor T. Murphy. That's C-O-N-O-R-T-M-U-R-P-H-Y. And you'll see a lot of the Big Night Fitness stuff, but a lot more of, of our own training, whether that be private training, small group training, videos and pictures with my daughter, and then, um, and then some more of the, the fun and nightlife type stuff as well. Perfect. You're so good at spelling. I'm so impressed. <laughs> I learned from my daughter. <laughs> Perfect. I love it. All right. Thank you, Connor. I really appreciate you coming on.